0: Painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents ArtBeat. ArtBeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for ArtBeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.
1: Everyone has a story to tell, but not everyone knows how to tell that story. From love to pain to joy and sorrow, human emotion and stories generates a great feeling in the heart, good or bad, funny or sad. Charismatic and well-spoken Diane Forlett from New Orleans will be joining us on Artbeat this week with her profound storytelling abilities that make you feel a part of the story. She recently performed at Sandbar Storytelling at St. Mary's University in Minnesota. I'm Vicious Heron with Diane Forlett on Artbeat. (laughs) Accompanied by the musical talents of Eric Pearson. She is more than just a storyteller. She is a keeper of traditions and history. Please put your hands together for Diane Furlatt.
0: My name is Diane Furlatt. And how long have you been a, and how long have you been a professional storyteller? Almost 40 years for a living. Awesome. Um, what's been your favorite part, uh, your favorite moment in, within your history of being a storyteller? I think maybe when people come up to me afterwards and, and tell me how the story touched them or how I made them think or uh, they really enjoyed what I did and they never thought about storytelling per se, but they really enjoyed, you know, what they heard and and I try to encourage them to tell their stories too. But I mainly enjoy the connection when people come up to me and, uh, and they mention how they, you know, stories touch them and how they made them can feel. You hear me? Yep. Yes. Yes. When I heard the word cancer, I thought, this is it. I'm going to be my maker. Well, but you never know, do you? But one thing about chemotherapy, every time I went to chemotherapy, there was always somebody with me. Can you believe that? I was on chemotherapy 10 years. <laughs> nonstop. Wow. Somebody was always with me. My husband went every time. But if somebody else came, he would leave and go through errands and come back and pick me up. But I never went by myself. That's something for 10 years. At one time, one of my clay daughters, I call her my play daughter, because uh, her mother died. Same diagnosis, stage four colon cancer. Six months later, she was gone. Why am I still here? I don't know. Her mother lived in Florida. She was in California with me. I said, well, since your mother's not here, I'm your mama. <clears throat> she became my play daughter. So she came to on with me that day. And when she came, we always played cards. We played cards. I like laughing. We were playing. She was trying to cheat. Playing cards. And I always bring a folklore book. I'm a to look up looking for another story. So she was reading folklore to me in the middle of a story she was reading, I said, ah! I've got I was. And I looked across the room and I saw another woman getting her chemo therapy. I'm "Oh, honey, hope I didn't disturb you. I think I laughed a little too loud. I said, I didn't want to disturb you. She said, oh no, you didn't disturb me. And I enjoyed hearing the laughter and watching you play cards. And and I was listening to those stories she was reading, too. I said, okay, I just didn't want to disturb you. And then I saw she had a scarf on. I said, you lost some of your hair, huh? She said, yeah, I lost a lot of my hair. I said, me too. I only have three pubic. Oh, that's too much. Well, first of all, if you're going to be a storyteller on your own, you have to have stories to tell. And most times when I ask people to tell me a story or they said, "I don't have any stories." That's the main thing they say. We all have stories. We are our stories. It's just a lot of people just don't have the uh, the will or the gift to even share them. But uh, I think when they're around a comfortable crowd, around their own families or a friend, they tell them. You know, because I tell stories all the time. Before I even became professional, I did it to my friends. And when you sit around eating and. Visiting, you always tell stories about what happened. Girl, you won't believe this. You know, when my time, my mother came home, you just start telling stories. You know, it's a kind of like a conversation, but you're telling what happened to you and what you thought and how they made you mad. You know, and uh, something happens at work, you tell the story. I expected to get my check on Friday. He said he cut my check because I did this. Stories are everywhere. It's who we are. And, uh, and how our life is lived. Those are the stories. And that made her laugh, right? (laughs) And then when she laughed, I said, can I tell you a story? It was a long pause. And then she said, sure. This is what I told her. One morning, a woman woke up. The son was shot, said, why am I still in bed? Let me get up and enjoy this day. So she got up, went to the bathroom, turned the light on, looked in the mirror. She only had
1: three hairs
0: left on her head. Oh, boy. Well, I could make me a braid. <laughs> <laughs> Took those three hairs, left over right, left over right, get a little braid. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> and she went on out to do her hair, and went to the grocery store, you know, to, what to go breaking. But well, when she was walking back to her car, she didn't notice people looking at her, point, you know, whisper. But she didn't pay any mind. But about three weeks later, the birds woke her up. I'm still in the bed. They get up from here and enjoy the day. And she got up went to the bathroom, turned the light on. <laughs> Make me a part. <laughs> she this. She of one hair on one on the other. Oh, no. That's my bed. <laughs> and she went out and did some shopping for her friend who was sick. Went to visit her friend, did a few errands, you know. But she did see people whispering, looking at her funny. But it was just about a week later when she got up into the bathroom, turned the light on, Ew. One little hair on her head. Well, I knew this was coming. Well, could making me a ponytail? <laughs> <laughs> got a little red ribbon tied a Little hair was going like this. <laughs> man! And she went out and went to church. Oh, just a wonderful time. The preacher outdid himself so that Sunday. Yes, hey, man. A ponytail just going. She was singing with the choir. But then she. She noticed. Church members. Church members. Looking at her funny. Point. She didn't bear no mind. And why don't I sing it with the choir? <laughs> well. You know, she went in the bathroom, turned the light on, looked in the mirror, not one hair on her head. At least, I don't have to worry about how to fix my hair today. (laughs) And she went out and had a wonderful day. It was the best day she'd had in a long time. (laughs) See, attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. She have had a wonderful day. This is the beginning of a very good day. I got a feeling things are going my way. I got a smile about a half a mile. I'm inviting happiness to come in today. I'm inviting joy to come in today. I'm inviting peace to come in today. Bottom to just fall out. Well, that's what happened to this poor farmer. This poor farmer working hard too. He lost his crops three years in a row. Things got so bad, couldn't even feed his family. So he decided to send his wife and daughter to his wife's mother's house to stay. he went to the city to find a job. Now if you're a farmer, what kind of job can you find in a big city? He took a job as a street sweeper. And most people in the city won't even take those kind of jobs. He figured he would work hard enough, he could make enough money to go home. And so he he worked long, hard hours. Trying to make some money. And as he worked, making a little money, he got a little nervous having money on him. He figured somebody might, you know, actually steal it. A thief might come and rob it So he decided to go and ask a jeweler in town to keep his money, to keep it. This man would hire him every now and then to sweep in front of his shop. He said, Man, that rich. You have to be trustworthy, right? Right? Right, 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 right. And so he went to the jeweler and he asked him, Would he keep his money for safe Because he was nervous about keeping it on him. And the jeweler said, Oh, but of course, no problem. I will keep the money safe. I will put it in my safe in the back. You want the money? You come and get it, no problem. <laughs> well, five years every at the end of every month he would bring his little pennies to the jeweler for safekeeping every month bring the money five years went by and he figured he had enough money not a lot but enough money to go home right and he went to the jeweler to get his money he walked in and said no good morning now i've been working for five years and i, I think I saved enough money to go home, and I came here to collect my money. And the looked at him and said, my good man, what are you talking about? I've never seen you before in my life. Yeah. What? what? What do you mean? You, you've known me five years. E- every month I bring you my money for safekeeping. What do you mean you don't know me? He said, I came here for my money. He said, do you have a witness? of this transaction. If you don't, you don't have a leg to stand on. So leave my job. Ch- I'm busy. No, 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 I can't leave my money, five years. You, you owe me my money, I can't to get my money. God knows what you did with your money and you come here asking me. He says, please, before I call the police, leave. No, I can't leave, I, I can't. You have my money, please, five years, please. Okay, he pushed the button the jeweler and two huge men came from the back, grabbed the street sweeper and threw him out the street and stay out. And there was the street sweeper in the street, tears streaming down his face. Five years, five years. And he sat there on the sidewalk on the street. A carriage came by. Sound of text with you guys. (laughs) In the carriage was a woman and her young daughter. And the girl said, Mama, Mama, why is that man crying? "Shh, honey. He probably doesn't want you to know why he's crying. Don't worry. But Mama, you always sit. And people are sad. We're supposed to try and help them. From the mouths of babes, huh? She stopped the carriage. They got out. And she walked over to the street sweeper. She said, excuse me, sir. I don't want to bother you or interrupt you, but my daughter was curious about why you were crying. Can we help in any way? And the street sweeper looked up and said, five years. Five years. And he told her, the problem and she said i've heard stories about this jeweler this scoundrel of a jeweler she said maybe there's something i can do she said yes tomorrow you come back here and sweep in front of his shop and when you see me go in you wait 10 minutes then you come in and ask for your money Don't say nothing about what happened today. Just come in and ask for your money. I hope my plan works. So what she did, she went home, gathered all of her fancy jewels, and put them in her jewelry box. Next morning she goes back with her box, walks into the jewelry shop. The man comes up. May I help you? Yes, I'm new in town. My family is new here. and We don't know anyone here. my husband left on business and uh, he wants me to join him. now. was going to stay longer than he thought. And he never left instructions on what to do with my jewels. If I take them with me, they might be robbed or stolen. If I leave them at home, they might be stolen there too. And I, I just came for your advice. I mean, um, your reputation precedes you. He <laughs> said, <laughs> <laughs> You know a lot about good jewels and you know what to do. So I came to ask you he said, oh, yes, yes, it's. When just the streets, we were walked in. Uh, the morning, I, I came uh, to get my money. I've been working five years now. I think I have enough to go home. And I came to get my money, please. The two tried to grind his teeth a little bit. <laughs> he saw the woman looking at him. <laughs> All right, I will get your money. <laughs> Say got that man's money. And noted now. And no. the street super we counted every bit. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And he left. Quick. <laughs> and then he looked at the woman. He said, You see, <laughs> people come here all the time asking me to keep their money for safekeeping. <laughs> and she said, I knew I came to the right place. Yes. She said, I knew it. And she said, I think. And just as she said, I think. Her maid came running in. Ma'am, ma'am. Things have changed. Your husband is coming home today. He's not staying, he'll be home this afternoon. Oh, she said, what good news, what good news. And she said to the jeweler, thank you so much for offering to keep my jewels. Thank you so much. She grabbed the box and left. She left the jeweler, right in his teeth. Oh <clears throat> the next day, this woman, invited her friends, all of her friends, and the streets were to her home for lunch. And while there, she told her story to all her friends about what this jeweler did to this poor man. And they could not understand why he would tell that. Of course, they spread the story around. The whole town knew about what this jeweler had done. And pretty soon, there was a sign on his door closed and the more the story went around nobody wanted to do business with a man who would steal from the poorest of the poor and soon there was a sign in his door that said out of business he was gone we don't we they they say we make a a living by what we get right make a life of what we give and those who know that enough is enough will always have enough. My mother always said that. Those who have enough always know that enough is enough. The
1: Street Sweeper, a story for you. You're listening to Diane Furlet at the Sandbar Storytelling Event on Our Beat, right here on 89.5 KQAL. Do you love podcasts but crave local content? Well, now you can keep it local with KQAL Podcasts on kqal.org. Hear interviews with Minnesota bands, artists, chefs, comedians, historians, community leaders, and more. KQAL Podcasts, keeping it local on kqal.org. Also listen to KQAL on Spotify, Apple, Google, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Well, I ain't gonna... You're listening to Diane Furlet at the Sandbar Storytelling Event on our beat, right here on 89.5 KQAL. Tell a story when you
0: can. Gotta learn. Yeah, I know
1: that. You gotta gotta, gotta learn, know the you know, ins When you talk to your friends, you know,
0: man, you wouldn't believe this, man. I saw this girl walk in, she was fine. I mean, she walked in, and I tried to talk to her, and she turned her head. I mean, what's up with that? You know, you know stories. That's true, but you gotta have the razzle desk and the know how to tell them. But you have to, I like think you the can, know, the know-how is uh, is uh, you feel more comfortable with your friends, so your know-how is there. Right. But when you get in front of a big audience with different people, that's different. But with your friends, you feel more relaxed in telling what happened.
1: Exactly. So that's the know-how. That's the know-how. And then it's the real know-how when once you get to everybody. Entire yeah, audience exactly. You exactly. You got other people like listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so, yeah. That so that changes. And you the can't whole.
0: tell everything to everybody. Exactly.
1: You got to know what points to tell exactly. and how to tell it. Exactly. exactly. It's so a professionalism everything. of it.
0: Exactly, you got it. So You know, See? a little bit. I Every, mean, but everything's a, everything's a story. It's, it's all a matter, matter of what pin, what points you got to hit. right, and right. you just got to relax and yeah. speak like you're speaking to your friends. Right. Yeah. It was especially something I needed, because um, this morning one of my family members passed away. So this morning. Hmm. Mm. It's so.
1: an art. What got you into? I'm sorry for the loss, but
0: I'm sorry. Oh, no, no
1: problem. Anyways, I want to ask: What got you into the um, storytelling?
0: Um. Well, I never thought about storytelling, but I grew up hearing a lot of stories. Cause I told you I'm old, and I grew up at a time when there was no this, was no Game Boy, was no TV, and, and I, I was born in New Orleans, and everybody down south had the front porch. Everybody would stop by. You can't have anybody walk by your porch and not say anything. They would say, hey. And coming back. Hey, coming or going. They always got to speak. Always somebody stopping on the porch talking. Telling family stories. What happened at the grocery store that day? Or What happened at the family? Whatever, who died? And you see the funeral going by. And who, I didn't know anybody died. And you hear the story about that. And how did they, how they die? What happened? Always talking, talking, talking. That's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. When you grew up around words and just people talking, and I never heard anybody say, I'm gonna tell you a story or this little word storytelling, I never heard that. But it came, and my father was the main one, because always it's somebody in your family that's the best. Right. And, and let me tell you, no, no, don't you tell it, let him tell it. Why do you want him to tell it? Because he tell it so good. Some people are better at it. At it. My father was better at it. It's an art. Yeah, and he knew folklore too. And so, uh, but I never thought about storytelling until I adopted some children. And my daughter was eight, six weeks old when I got her, no problem. Got my son about a year and so later. He was three and a half. Now you know a kid that old comes with stories. And one story was he was a TV addict. The foster mother had other kids too. She put them all in front of the TV all day. So he comes to my house, I'm trying to read bedtime stories. My daughter was used to it. Read this story, read the story. He's like, <laughs> I want to watch TV. What kind of kid is this? And I kept reading, I finally realized I was reading to a TV brain. Now, how do you get a TV brain to listen? I was reading that book and I changed what I was doing because it wasn't working. If there was a dog in the book I was reading, I would bark. If there was an old woman, well, come on in, honey. She opened the door. Come on in, I'll make you supper. If there was a witch, I become the witch, you go, whoa, maybe I better listen. I did all that to make the story come alive. And I kept doing that. Then I took them to the library. My mother-in-law has a story for me to tell Many, many years ago, my ancestors, they came from Africa. They didn't come from Europe. No, 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 no. They didn't come from Asia. They didn't come from New Zealand, Australia. My ancestors came from (laughs) Africa. But my (laughs) mother-in-law... Her ancestors came from England. And when she found out I was going to marry her son... (laughs) She got sick! couldn't come to the wedding. <laughs> but her son told her, Mom, this is who I love. You miss the wedding, it's your loss. But she didn't come. And the relationship between a mother and her son began to change. She didn't call her son anymore. Didn't go visit her son anymore. But her son, or call his mother, once or twice a week to see how she was doing. And that went on for about a year or so. Then he went to visit his mom, without me, to see how she was doing. And that went on for a little over a year. Then my husband and I decided to adopt a little baby girl, six weeks ago. And he went to visit his mom again. This time, he brought me her house. She was nice. Very nice. (laughs) She opened the door. That was a start. I walked in. I sat on the couch. She sat way across the room. And there was no conversation. Just questions. See, my mother-in-law didn't know anything about black people. Nothing. All she knew about black people is what she saw on TV. Now you know that's (laughs) not (laughs) accurate. And back then, it was power to the people. And all political prisoners, the Black Panther Party. That's not me. That's not my family. But she knew nothing about black people. But after another visit, she kind of warmed up a little bit. With the baby. And she said, Isn't she cute? She's so sweet. And when I saw her holding that child, I saw the warmth come over her face, the sparkle in her eyes. us. slowly begin to come down and pretty soon i'm at her house playing the piano she's trying to sing <laughs> <laughs> i'm helping her in the kitchen you know i mean the pictures were getting better and better and one time after a pretty good visit i was leaving her house and my mother-in-law tried to give me a half a hug So later, My husband and I adopted a boy. Oh, boy. He was three and a half years old. And she just loved him And she met him. Oh, she was just, you know, singing songs to him, playing little games, my little toys, you know. I mean, I was playing the piano, and she was <laughs> trying to sing. And <laughs> bring him to the park, playing. It was wonderful. The business got better and better. And one time I'm leaving her house, she tried to give me a whole hug. I went, whoa, couldn't she like me? Oh, she couldn't love me. I'm gonna test her. <laughs> so I invited my mother-in-law to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and what do you think she did? She came. <laughs> <laughs> she came, and the spicy... <laughs> I invited my mom and daddy <laughs> Who had never met her before in life And when my daddy walked in my house And he saw her And he found out her name was Lorraine He walked up to her And began to sing the whole song by Nat King Cole My sweet Lorraine, Lorraine She loved my daddy <laughs> But she missed all those years knowing it Anybody liked my daddy? who took time to get to know him. You have to get to know people. And then I saw my mother-in-law and my mother talking at the dining room table about their early childhoods. Like my mother, the day she was born was the day her mother died. Not a good start, is it? Not a good start. Cinderella ain't seen nothing compared to my mother's life. And my mother-in-law, her family came here to America with nothing. They had hard times. Then they both realized, they said, wait a minute. We had hard times, but we survived. We're still here. (laughs) My mother-in-law was realizing life was too short to miss out on family and love and good eating on holidays. There's no offense to anybody in here who's English. No offense. But <laughs> my mother-in-law couldn't cook. <laughs> Just throw things in a pot and water. it. No flavor, no seasoning. She loved my daddy's corn pretty dressing. <laughs> she loved those greens and those candied yams. I mean, she loved that baking chicken with that long gravy. I mean, she was eating <laughs> like it was the last supper. <laughs> And I say, I tell this story to say this. We have to be very careful how we treat people. Because you never know what the end is going to be. Because when my mother in law was on her deathbed in the hospital, guess who was all around her bed? Black folk! <laughs> Me, my mother, my father, my brother, my two children, and her husband and son. Do you know who put lotion on her dry, dry legs and feet? My mother, know who rubbed her back as her back was hurting her sore and fluffed her pillow? My mother, we have to be very careful how we treat each other, because you never know what the end is going to be. And who might have to give you a cool drink of water? or rub your brow. Hmm. My mother, she had her faults, like we all do, right? But she must have done something right to raise a son like she did. Because my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Guess who retired from his job two years earlier to take care of my mother? Her son, my husband, who i have been married to for 51 years. She did something right. A closed mind is a wonderful thing to lose. A maid. Then Greece. How sweet the sun? That saved a rich like me. I once was lost, but now
1: Thanks again to Diane Follett for the great stories and inspiring, kind-spoken words on today's Beat Sandbar Storytelling at St. Mary's University in Minnesota. Be sure to look Diane up on www.dianeferlot.com. For more conversations on art, tune in to Beat Tuesdays at 1230, right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Vicious Heron, and we've just heard some amazing, heartfelt stories from the great storyteller herself, Diane Follett. Join us next Tuesday at 12.30 on Artbeat for Part 2 with Diane Follett. Thank you.
0: Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org.